these are some more of uh, McGowan's bullet points. So I just want to go through these real fast. The goal of drive is false, obtaining the object, since its true aim is to continue missing it over and over again and getting jouissance from this repetition. Jouissance is found in the repetition of failed attempts to get the object, right? So that just says what we've already established. Desire is oriented around the lost object, whereas drive takes loss itself as its object. Drive is focused on loss more than desire. Why? Because desire keeps hoping that it will eventually get the object. Like there is an actual positive object that will satisfy it. <clears throat> desire seeks uh, attainment of the object, whereas drive gives up on attainment. The irony is that drive is the one that ends up getting jouissance, whereas desire is a defense against it. And so, uh, again, we kind of touched on that. Uh, death drive produces enjoyment, jouissance through lost. Drive must be unconscious. Again, that's the whole thing, right? Drive operates at this unconscious level, and that's why a lot of this sounds counterintuitive, but uh, drive is the logic of the unconscious. Uh, the unconscious obeys a logic of satisfaction, jouissance, and it gets this jouissance through loss, through self-sabotage, through sacrifice, through getting up, giving up the object, through missing the object, and that's what's so counterintuitive. I guess, to, to simplify a bit, what is so hard to follow here is the idea that what gives us enjoyment is not getting what we want. That's what's so counterintuitive. But that's the psychoanalytic insight, um, and that's why we give ourselves so much trouble, right? Um, uh, we don't want to get what we want because we enjoy not getting what we want. Is, it, is this just a does. way? Is this just a way of like doing sort of a, a naturalized apologetics for capitalism, though? Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know about that because I, I mean the whole point is that uh, it, look Zizek uses all of this to show the problems with uh, capitalism in that it's just parasitic on these these mechanics and and thrives off of them to our own detriment and that by becoming more aware of these dynamics we're able to come into a freer relation with yeah, them. Yeah, we'll go back better. to the fight club example, yeah. right? He's the perfect consumer. Right? So he's lived like, the the kind of society that consumer capitalism tells him is the good life. He's living it and he's completely miserable and wants to break free of it. So that's death drive, right? Your the death drive in his situation again is the drive towards freedom to destroy this consumer identity. And so, uh, and, and we all know it, like the, you can have all of the consumer goods, you can, you know, the video games and the clothes and all of that. And yet, you know, like somehow this is not going to give me the happiness with a capital H that advertising and pop culture tell me it's going to give me. So, hmm. uh, so the reason uh, why the unconscious is unconscious is because it obeys a different logic than that of consciousness. And consciousness obeys the logic of pleasure, will to power, self-interest, etc. At the conscious level, we find pleasure in attaining the object, getting what we want. Conscious will is driven by the logic of attainment, where the unconscious drive is driven by the logic of sacrifice and loss. 
drive wants to lose more slowly not get what it wants more slow it wants to like savor missing the object because again it's through these acts these repeated acts of not getting what you want that it builds intensity it builds results and um mcgowan points out uh, nietzsche's will to power is not a precursor for the death drive they are opposites unconscious drive is all about undermining our power and not about giving us more power right um and I mean, it's, it can be inadvertent. It can go in the other direction. But the point is, uh, will the power wants to seek a kind of mastery over your your position in the world, but Death Drive wants to blow apart your position in the world. So uh, the reason McGowan points that out is just a lot of people conflated will the power with Death Drive, and he's like, no, they're actually complete opposites. So. Oh wow. But he, and I think McGowan yeah, is great Yeah, I guess that makes here. sense. But, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, this is this is really insightful, right? Because I think we've been building to this question. It's like, you know, the elephant in the room. And I think McGowan does a great job of answering this question. He says, but why loss? Why does drive enjoy loss, right? That doesn't make any sense to us. Uh, why would loss be enjoyable? Uh, we see examples of it all the time. Self-destructive behavior, war, etc. This all seems so stupid. Why do we do it? Loss and sacrifice create an object to desire. Think of the logic of scarcity, right? Uh, you want something because you can't have it. And so, you most objects around us are not objects of desire or even objects that the drive uses, right? Most objects are just physical objects but what creates an object like what makes it libidinal right and his point is going to be it is loss or sacrifice or an economic term scarcity that makes it libidinally attractive or seductive in the first place so the loss itself creates a sublime spark in the object there's always been a link between sacrifice and the sacred right we see this throughout all of human history Loss gives something to want by creating something valuable. Uh, value comes into existence through sacrifice or loss or scarcity uh, or un unattainability. Objects are not sublime or desirable in and of themselves. We must sacrifice them into existence. Our self-destructive behavior is a way to keep us desiring. Through loss, we produce and experience the enjoyable object, and this is why loss has such a fundamental role in our psyches, libidinal economies. Sacrifice and jouissance are always interconnected. So he gave us so much there, right? He, I think he connects so many dots because you start to see why losing the object is so important because it's through loss, it's through not getting what we want that we continue to desire. And, uh, that, that you know it, it's it's an idea that's what keeps us moving it keeps us uh going as human beings i mean again if we, we if we really had every single need desire drive satisfied we wouldn't even be humans at that point like we i mean you just what you sit there like a rock and for the rest of i mean it's bizarre but you we really are subjects of lack for lacan and for zizek and Without that lack, we wouldn't even be 
who we are. And so that's why our libidinal economies actually are geared towards us not getting what we think we want. Well, okay, uh, we're almost done with wrapping up the Zizek stuff. Um, uh, he's Okay, so it's impossible to take the death drive up consciously. Now, we, we already mentioned that, but it's not like you can just merge at the conscious level with the will of your death drive. It's, it's always something that's out of sight or you can never really align yourself with, but it's always operative. Uh, and again, it's because its logic is one of, you know, unconscious. Again, at the conscious level, all we do is fixate. I want that. I want this. I want to attain this. I want to get that. I want money. I want a car. I want to get married. I want to like, all the stuff people sit around and talk about what they want. But that's what's trouble, troubling for us is that there's this other part of us, which is the unconscious. And the way it desires or the way its drive moves is toward loss and sacrifice and not getting what we want. So that's another way that we are just fractured at the ontological level. We're always moving in two different directions. And uh, that's why all of this is so foreign because the point is the unconscious has a totally different structure to how it desires or yearns, whatever words we want to use, uh, however it wants. And uh, it's at odds with what we think, is, you know, how we perceive things at the conscious level. So the best, uh, McGowan says the best we can do is reconcile ourselves to the death drive. We must face that it is always at work beneath consciousness and that it will always be with us. We must make a conscious allowance for the unconscious death drive. When it bursts into our lives, we should recognize it and accept it instead of trying to avoid it entirely. Trying to avoid it is what leads to displacing it onto others and ends in aggression. So it's almost as if we have to leave certain room for our self-destructive moments, even though they are self-destructive, because if we try to repress them into oblivion, really they're just going to manifest themselves in even stronger, more violent, more aggressive ways. So it's almost like you got to leave some room in your life for the ways that you fuck up your own life. Because if you try to stop them entirely, you're going to, it's like you end up exploding. And uh, so here, here in, in closing on this part, right, and we're going to go into the other discussion, but <clears throat> this, is, this is where you get into some counterintuitive stuff, right? Because so far you would think death drive and ethics would be totally opposed. But Lacan, Zizek, McGowan, they all connect death drive to ethics. And you go, well, how the hell do you do that? So McGowan says, both drive and ethics involves a sacrifice of oneself, of all aspects of one's symbolic identity. The ability to accept or choose an absolute loss is what makes us ethical beings. This is why we can link death drive to Kant categorical imperative or the moral law. Death drive undermines self-interest and the Kantian moral law tells us to act without self-interest. There is a real ethical component to death drive. Death drive has the possibility of ethics and the possibility of violent aggression, which happens when it doesn't take the ethical path. So that's the unique thing. Like to the truly moral act of sacrificing yourself for someone else, that is completely going against your self-interest. And so in a weird way, it aligns with the trajectory or the movement of death drive. And 
so this is one of these weird, really weird counterintuitive identifications mm. or at least associations. But he thinks that great ethical actions really can involve death drive. That death drive is this momentum that pushes us to sacrifice ourselves, destroy ourselves on behalf of somebody in need. So be a militant with that death drive. Exactly, right? And so he's, he's saying that there's these different options, right? There's where death drive can actually serve us in a highly ethical way, but it also can be behind the most violent, horrible forms of aggression we manifest. So Get it depends on how the death drive is being... And it's not like we have total conscious control of it, but this is where being aware of it can help us maybe... Maybe we can't like aim it like like you aim a gun, but the more you realize what's going on on it, like it's not that consciousness never has any influence whatsoever. So uh, the idea is the hope that the death drive would end up getting aligned to a noble cause, right? That's ethical, opposed to a really horrible, violent aggression. Here's the other weird connection, right? Death drive and religion. Could you want to go? Well, how does death drive and religion go together uh there's another lecture mcgowan gives on religious conversion and he doesn't talk about death drive in it but if you know his other work you know that death drives in the background and so uh the connection works like this death drive can lead us to a religious conversion or to a kierkegaardian leap of faith well you think like well why would death drive lead to a like okay you were raised Christian, but then you become an, I mean, it could even be like you were raised a Christian, so you become an atheist, or you were a Christian and you become a Buddhist, or you were a Muslim and you become a Christian, right? These kind of really strong conversions that people have throughout their lives, uh, how are they connected to death drive? Well, think about that famous passage from 2 Corinthians, it's a 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where St. Paul says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now think about that, right? And connect that to what Lacan said earlier, right? Uh, Lacan says, um, will to destruction, will to make a fresh start. And, you know, he says of death drive, uh, that uh, uh, given that it is uh, that given that it challenges everything that exists, but it death drive is also a will to create from zero, a will to begin again. Is that not a religious conversion? It's like you start your whole life. It's like a, you. It's a weird kind of reboot where your whole symbolic identity has changed in making a like a fundamental conversion, and it doesn't even just have to be religious. I mean, I think no. You and I made a conversion to philosophy yep. at a certain point in our Absolutely. lives that fundamentally yeah. altered uh, our whole sense of self, our position in the symbolic order, our worldhood, all of this. Yeah. And but religion's the great example of this kind of thing. So, symbolic death for the sake of a new symbolic life. This is a radical act of freedom. This is brings us to Zizek's great insight, and this is a. This, this I don't know. This this one really caught me when I read it because uh, I think it's really unique. So uh, I'm going to finish this section on Zizek just with a couple of his quotes because we see how this religious religious conversion it frees you from your old life. 
it opens up a whole new symbolic identity, a whole new world for you, and it's like you immediately, it's like Paul says, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And uh, this this ability for death drive to be at work in these religious conversions is, uh, it shows how much freedom that death drive, despite all the problematic aspects of it, uh, actually has this uh, quality of liberation to it. So, uh, if anybody's listening and you want to go read something by Zizek himself, there's a book called Conversations with Zizek, and I give it my highest recommendation. It is amazing. Uh, yeah, hit, hit, hit the amazing. <laughs> mm. Where is it? I'm waiting for it. Amazing. Oh, you want me to actually push it? Here we go. Amazing. Yeah, there we go. Okay, now I feel better. Amazing. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so here's where the, uh, a really fundamental insight comes in that Zizek points out. And again, if you want to read Zizek, read the book Conversations with Zizek because it's a series of interviews and he's being incredibly clear and he's touching on all of the key aspects of his philosophy. So that's the place to start with Zizek. Um, but he says, cool. the question that really nice needs to be addressed you. is... Are we really simply determined by genes? To put it in naive terms, is it possible to save human freedom in the face of the prospect of the full definition of one's genome, of our biological formula? The true philosophical question that I see here is to reformulate the notion of human freedom in the very context of genetic knowledge and to develop in what sense we would still be free. What autonomy means and so on. I think it can be done precisely through psychoanalysis and especially the notion of death drive. Death drive is not simply uh, death drive is not something that is in our genes. There is no gene for death drive. If anything, death drive is a genetic malfunction. So then he's going to go on to take the point home. Paradoxical as it may sound, psychoanalysis also opts for autonomy. The psychoanalytic name for this autonomy is death drive. Death drive is not something manipulated by circumstances. Death drive just is this non-functional thrust of our libido or will that cannot be explained in objective terms. It means that there is in human beings an aspect of behavior that persists beyond any instrumental activity towards achieving certain goals, pleasure, reproduction, wealth, power. It's a kind of self-sabotaging drive. Against the usual inscription of psychoanalysis into the naturalistic determinist framework where the human being is controlled by unconscious desires. I think that paradoxically psychoanalysis is the strongest assertion of autonomy. Death drive is the name for autonomy. Now that's huge, right? Because he's saying that the you know we talk about free will versus determinism all this it might not be free will but he's saying that human beings truly are free from nature because of death drive that death drive is what separates us from uh basically being like biological puppets or existing only in deterministic terms because it goes against every natural imperative that you can think of. And Todd McGowan points this out, right? This is why so much of current quote, science-based psychology 
rejects psychoanalysis is because of the concept of death drive. And why would it reject the concept of death drive? Because it goes against all of Darwin's basic biological principles. The, 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 the organism wants to strike up a balance with its environment. It wants to maintain homeostasis. It, 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 it basically, it wants to be in pleasure. It wants to be uh, uh, safe, secure, all of these kind of things that we associated with pleasure. Death drive is something in us that wants to totally break apart our safety in our environment, our, our self-security, our, uh, our you know stable access to the, the material things that we need to exist. Like, it wants to undermine all of that. And that goes against all of the ways that biology, since Darwin, conceptualize us, right? It's this totally, in, in the way that we're talking, it's almost like anti-science, right? Because it goes against every scientific theory of what it is to be a human being as a, you know, as species of in, in the natural world. And so uh, McGowan and Zizek think that this is why science or science-based psychologies or psychiatries have such a problem with psychoanalysis is this concept of death drive but death drive is precisely why we as human beings are free in a way that other species are not In an attempt to bring in new people to the world of philosophy and theory while building on relationships already established, we are doing a countrywide tour of the United States this fall. What's up, guys? It's Anna Dave. Are we coming to a city or a town near you? Do you think there is a venue or audience in your local region that would be interested in a lecture or facilitated discussion about existentialism, critiques of therapism, PMC ideology, self-help, introduction to philosophy, or the time energy critique of any of those things. This speaking and discussion facilitation tour will include the Pacific Northwest in mid-August, the Kansas City, Missouri area late August or early September, Philadelphia at the beginning of October, and really we're gonna be all over the area there, hopefully, so get in contact with us if you think that we should come visit your state Phoenix, Arizona, mid-October, and SoCal, especially San Diego, late October. I say especially San Diego because we already have our guide for the San Diego region. What's the difference between a host, a guide, and a volunteer, you ask? Well, thanks for asking, actually. The volunteer role is for people who want to put up posters or in other ways promote the events that will be occurring in their town or city. Whereas the host might have a guest bedroom, guest house, or a place that we can park our van so that we can sleep in our van. We need to know if you would have like bathroom facilities or anything like that. And so the form on the website is where you can tell us what you have to offer. Guiding on the other hand though, people who love to guide take a lot of pride in their local knowledge. A good example of that would be Michael Downs when I visited him in Raytown, Missouri. And he took me into Kansas City and we had barbecue and he took me to the mall and to all these other landmark places from his life growing up there. Um, but a more recent example would be my friend Michael in Poland who took us around Katowice, Poland and basically gives a historical and sociological analysis of everything. And it was amazing. It was, it was one of the coolest 
things we've ever experienced. And it made us realize some people just want to provide the space and privacy, whereas other people want to take you out and show you around. And so if you're interested in being a volunteer, host, or guide, we have a special form for that. So please fill out your information and uh, get in contact with us as soon as possible so we can fit you into the schedule because we'll love to meet you, touch base with the local community. And if you don't think anyone else in your area is interested in the things that you're interested in, if you don't think anyone else is into this stuff, well, we might be able to surprise you. When I saw that poster, Bolgrillard, in Boise fucking Idaho, are you kidding me? It was virtually an, an answer to an unspoken prayer, you know, really was. And I just couldn't believe that somebody was interested in the things that I was interested in, that I had been interested in for years and had kind of given up on in, in futility. I'd labored in solitude for so long, I had no one to talk to about it, no one to bounce ideas off. This tour is going to bring together a lot of people who want to be based in text with the people they're in conversation with. and. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic year. The only other thing that I want to say is that Michael Downs' first book is going to be published by Theory Underground really soon here. I've got another book coming out really soon here. These books will be spread throughout the United States on this tour. So I'm hoping to be able to do some actual book launch events at various bookstores. Outside of that, I guess the last thing that I would say is that Michael Downs is gearing up to teach For They Know Not What They Do by Slavoj Žižek. We're putting out all these introduction videos and other interviews related to the topic of Hegel, Lacan, Žižek because we want to give people an accessible and sturdy basis in the discourse. The problem is, is that Michael Downs is very busy having to work at a wage slave job. And so if you want to help in freeing Mikey, make sure to go to his Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the dangerous baby and make a donation thank you i would be remiss to close this out without a quick shout out to our patrons and our anonymous donors thank you so much for the donations already we've only been around for a month we already got over three thousand dollars in donations um and so thank you and uh stay tuned for the app which is on its way there will be a theory underground app so the current setup is that it is a social media site built around courses where you can suppose that people who are involved in the discussions have a shared interest in the same or similar texts and where you can assume in a lot of the discussions that, yeah, people have read the stuff that you're reading, uh, that you're bringing into dialogue. And so, uh, for instance, the idea of the university by Carl Jaspers, dedicated forum. For they don't know what they do, dedicated for him. And then as people take the course over the years, new people will be coming into that forum. And so if you get in there early, you'll be able to see how the conversation evolves. And as new people add into the conversation, it'll bring back memories and like things that you want to work through, questions that you had with the first time that you read the text. And so I'm really excited for this. The reason I've built this website is because I think that this is what's lacking in so many other spaces is that ability to return to be able to communicate after the fact and in a sustained way 
on a platform that's not attention-grabby and annoying like Discord. And so stay tuned because there is an app on the way. Thank you to our donors. If you want to donate, go to theory-underground.com forward slash support. Thank you.